Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into a consistent income. And today we're graced with the presence of two ladies, Jeanette Lalonde and Mary Morency. They are retirement coaches. And this is actually the, the first of a series we'll be doing focusing on retirement coaching. I asked Mary and Jeanette to come along because they just wrote a book called Rethinking Retirement, A Guide for Making Choices. So we'll talk through that to see how they can help you make some great retirement choices. So Mary and Jeanette, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Glad to have you both on. What's interesting is the retirement coaches we've met so far seem to all have a Canadian background. So I'm, I'm curious, what's the, what's the deal with the Canadians doing so well with the retirement coaching and, and doing retirement well that maybe us Americans need to learn a, a bit or two? Oh, I think the Americans are doing a great job. We're part of an organization called the Retirement Coaches Association. Canadians, Americans, uh, they're, they're all making a great contribution to shifting, uh, shifting people's mindset about what retirement means in today's world. Yes, and you introduced me to that Retirement Coaching Association. I think Robert Laura is the name of the individual who founded it. He'll be part of our series too. So look forward to that. And thank you for the the introduction. I had fun already speaking with him. I'm looking forward to introducing him to all of our listeners later on. Well, good. Well, we want to talk through this book and there's four key areas, things that we'd like people to be looking at. And when you're approaching retirement, it's, it says in the book that the four key areas are your contribution, your well-being, your connection, your purpose. And I believe, Mary, you contributed the uh, the main ideas, main writing behind contribution and well-being. Was that correct? Correct. All right, good. I, I pay attention when we're talking. And let's let's make sure we go with those first, and then we'll, we'll step over to Jeanette and see how she can help people with connection and purpose. And so with contribution, I love this kind of subtitle, the heading where you said, shift your mindset from work to contribution, which is interesting. It's like, don't go from work to non-work, go from work to contribution. What, what does that look like for people? Yeah, well, you know, it used to be that people talked about retiring from something. And what we want to do is get people to start thinking about what are they retiring to. So one of the biggest shifts in today's retirement is the fact that people are continuing to contribute. Um, One in five Americans and Canadians continue to work past the age of 65. And what we have found is that if you can make this subtle mind shift shift mindset shift in terms of redefining your work and broadening it to include ways of contributing that are important to you, such as your profession, perhaps your family, your community and society. If you can make that shift, then people start to disconnect from their work identity. We've coached over 250 clients to help them prepare for a flourishing retirement. And about 
70% of those people have told us that they hadn't even started to think about disconnecting themselves from their work identity. What I do is who I am. And what we want to do is get people shifting towards other things. I like what you said there about the one out of five still working in retirement. I was talking with somebody just yesterday who's exploring working with us on retirement planning. And he shared with me that all of his friends, all the people he talks to said, you need to find a job when you're retired. And of course, he's not retired yet. And he's thinking, isn't that the point of retirement is to not have a job? And yet he's hearing from people, you need something to do. And it seems like maybe that's that's what you're talking about, this idea of it might not be a job, but it could be a job. And, and the first person, he's, be, he's had, yes. yeah, and he's had 35 years with the same company. So not even the same industry, but the same company. I imagine we didn't get to, too deep into it yet, but I imagine he may have a situation where he's not able to, to or maybe it's difficult to release his work identity with 35 years at the same company. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah. it sounds like we should send him to a retirement yeah. coach like yourself. <laughs> yeah, people who have been with the same, I mean, everybody goes through this this identity crisis to a certain extent, Jeremy, okay? But people who have been with the same organization, not only is it the work they do that they identify, identify with, it's where they work. You know, when we go out to a social event, you know, even a professional event, what are the things people ask you? Hey, how are you? Where do you work? What do you do? So all of that needs to people need to take a step back and start thinking about, okay, what else is there in life for me? There's some interesting statistics out there about what your friend, your your client was was observing. Um, you know, I, we talk, I just talked about the one in five, but there are 28% of people who continue to work out of financial necessity. This comes from Age Wave. Um, Ken Dykewall is a, um, a famous researcher. Uh, his research shows that 28%. And then 24% are looking for some kind of balance between work and play, choosing part-time work or contract work so that they've got fixed start and finish dates so they can go on and, and travel. And another, another research out of a, a global recruitment firm found that 70% of people approaching retirement want to ease into it. So they're looking at gradually getting there, not turning the switch, you know, I work one day and I'm contributing the next day. So we help people, we help people figure out how that's going to look for them. And so we start with things by, such as asking them why they want to contribute before we look at what they're going to do. So we take them through an exercise of how you, why do you want to contribute? Is it for money? Is it for socialization, et cetera, et cetera. And then we, we introduce them what we talk about in our book, a big C contribution or small C contributions. A big C contribution is a significant investment in time and energy. And we see people who decide that they're gonna go up and, and go out and run this huge nonprofit or um, uh, even for-profit organization in their retirement. But a lot of people wanna just have a, a bunch of small things they're going to contribute to, how they're gonna reconnect with their family, how they're going to make a contribution to the community they've lived in, and particularly how they're going to contribute to their own well-being in retirement. 
Yeah, and I imagine part of that why uh, you mentioned in there about contribution motivators. What are, what are those? How could people? How could, how should you be looking at things with these contribution motivators? Yeah, we we've identified four contribution motivators, and we like to tell people they don't retire when you retire. These these are these are things that are present in our daily lives, in our daily work lives, and they almost become needs. So things like usefulness when we're at work, we're useful to someone. So how important is that to you as you move forward? Structure. Knowing what we're going to do in a particular day is, uh, for many, many people, very, very important. And they feel lost once they step out of their work roles and have a blank agenda. So how are you going to create some structure in your life? People connections. I, I always like to remind that even the introverts need to, to, to interact with people. So if people connections are very important to you, what are you going to do to make sure that you get sufficient socialization and connections in your, your retirement life? And then the last one is self-worth. With some people go, oh, you know, being, being important and being the boss is no longer important to me. But we do. We get a, we get a sense of importance, self-importance. As an example, I coached an executive assistant a while back, and I was really surprised. Her number one motivator was self-worth. She was the go-to person. Nobody got into the president's office unless they got through her. So what we did is we worked on a, a plan for her to, to have a role with her friends to be the go-to person to plan all the trips they planned to take. So it's a matter of finding, discovering which are my most important ones and then putting a plan together on how to replace them. I like that. I like how you can tell what your work is doing to fulfill some motivations, some needs. And like you said, it has nothing to do with work itself. It's just work is what's being used to fulfill that. And two out of those four are structure and people. So I'm just imagining, uh, don't go and throw away your daily planner. Just keep your daily planner and fill it in with, with days and times to go hang out with the people that you, you enjoy. <laughs> you got it, Jeremy. <laughs> Yeah, good. Well, the the second piece is going through the well-being. And I, I've heard well-being a lot. I think a lot of people have, and, and they probably think of it more along the idea of keep healthy and things like that. But what struck me is that you focused on resilience, and you had three pillars of resilience. Would you share those with us? Yeah. And I would like to just, I will sh share those, Jeremy, but I'd like to add, there's there's actually a fourth one and Jeanette will, will address that. It's spiritual right. resilience, which is, which is the ability to connect beyond ourselves, to feel sure. a deep sense of belonging and purpose. But the first three are mental, emotional, and, and physical. And uh, mental resilience is about how we think about what happens to us in our lives. And more than anything, this affects our well-being and our resilience. Um, there's, a, there's a researcher out of, um, of Yale, Becca Levy, who just published a book called Breaking the Age Code. And her research shows that changing your attitude about aging can add up to seven years to your life. Oh, wow. Pretty interesting. 
Yeah. Uh, what we do is we work a lot with Carol Dweck out of Stanford, her sure. work on yep. mindset, um, which has been used in schools and work and in retirement. We're making sure that uh, retirees understand that we can have a growth mindset, which is a belief in ourselves that we can continue to learn and we can continue to have challenges and meet those challenges. Or we can have a fixed mindset where we just think, well, things are the way they are and there's no amount of effort that will ever make a difference. As an example, somebody who thinks of their retirement as the end of productive life as it was once defined and that their best days are behind them, that's a fixed mindset. They're going to have a little bit more difficulty and may be more inclined to settle for a life of just idle busyness or boredom. Yeah, and that's not a life that you're, you're you're looking for. And this idea of resilience, it's just interesting that a lot of people don't really focus on that as like a, an attribute, but it's just interesting this resilience is that your ability to to deal with when things change. And I imagine that you may have more changes in retirement than even previously. Heading into retirement, it, it may just be that the, the, the kids have been out of the house for a while, even working the same job for a while. Oftentimes there's not as much of changes and then boom, you get hit with retirement and you had a huge life change and then you're facing down some other big life changes that maybe your parents are at an age where they're passing on and it's unfortunate your friends end up uh, passing on perhaps sooner than expected and that could really affect your mindset. I see that so many times. It's it's interesting. Uh, I'm in my early 40s and it seems like, uh, especially the guys, when you're 20, you think you live forever these 60-year-old guys turn 60 and they think they're dying next week. And I think some of that has to do with what they're seeing around them, that uh, there are people that are maybe passing on and they have this attitude about their own aging that is maybe self-fulfilling on that. Yeah, yeah. And we do, we talk about a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're absolutely right. There are, you know, we're going to live in retirement for 20 to 30 years. Um, So there are going to be changes, be they to our health or as you say, losing people in our, in our lives. So this notion of being able to overcome and bounce back from adversities is key. And uh, what we find is that people with a good dose of resilience have a higher confidence in their ability to overcome difficulties. They're, they're actually more adaptable and a optimistic and creative and so we see less anxiety and depression in people with 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 resilience i guess the other two pieces of resilience very quickly are the emotional uh, is the emotional resilience and the physical resilience and uh, what we try to do is help people understand that everybody has negative emotions it's learning how to live with them how to navigate with them and trying to have a ratio a higher ratio of positive emotions in our lives than negative ones so that we can show up the way we want to show up in our lives you got it. you'd be surprised you, you mentioned then, in there how your physical activity affects your mental and your emotional health we were at a retirement absolutely. conference a few months back and dr laura carstensen was there from the stanford center on longevity and she said pretty much the number one question she gets from people is okay, if I want to make sure that I have a good retirement and uh, especially related to kind of pushing away dementia and things like that, so which mind puzzle should I be doing? Like which mind puzzle should I be doing every day? 
And she said, put down the mind puzzle, get out of your easy chair, and just go for a walk. And she said, your physical activity will do way more for your mental health, way more for your emotional health, way more for your, your cognitive and, and you know the, the symptoms of, of mental decline than any, any sort of mind puzzle. And so I, I like how you drew that connection to the physical activity and your mental yeah. and emotional health. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all that um, it's all those neurotransmitters and hormones that the the movement and what we say is forget exercise, just find a way that you're moving all the moving every day. So uh, and it, it does com- contribute to both our mental and our emotional resilience. Perfect. So don't throw away that daily planner. Keep it and don't plug in the uh, the, the coffee date. Go plug in the walking date with the people you care about. Absolutely. Good. Well, if there's people you care about, uh, you're going to have a connection with them. And that's the, the third step in the, the journey here as you're rethinking retirement. And I imagine a way to be more resilient is to have people that are in your life that you care about, that they care about you. When you have these connections to other people, I imagine that's a big piece of resilience. And yet that could be an area where some people are lacking. I talked about the, the men earlier and how they feel about aging a lot of times. I see a kind of a shift between males and females there. But I, I do know, especially us men, have a, a harder sense and a harder ability to create these relationships, especially as we get older, especially as we lose perhaps the relationships that we had through through work. So let's let's talk about that. How how do we focus on connection? You said broaden your social network, deepen your important relationships. Jeanette, how do we go about doing that? Okay, Jeremy. Well, let's start with connections, as you say, and we can all easily relate to the importance of connecting with others and the negative impact if you don't have connections, given our collective COVID-19 experience. We saw what happens when you don't, you can't nourish your connections. Other people matter. Chris Peterson, one of the founders of Positive Psychology, has stated that other people matter. And it's based on his research that demonstrates that adults may feel depressed when their need to belong is disrupted. And let's not forget the negative impact of loneliness and social isolation on mental well-being. So retirees often fear being lonely and socially isolated when they disconnect with their work relationships. And as Mary's indicated, you know, we've been working with over 250 people planning their retirement to thrive in retirement, and 75% of them attest to the importance of and the need to broaden and choose quality relationships. So to help making that happen, Jeremy, what we've done is we've categorized relationships into four types. So there's the work and contribution relationships, there's the family relationships, friendships, and special support resources. That's where uh, you, Mary, and I, we fit in as, you know, in your case, financial planners, us as coaches, lifestyle coaches, could be health-related, emotional, or physical support. So the first thing is to sort of look at where am I allocating my energy? It's all about energy. And our clients have found an exercise that we have them do as kind of very enlightening. If you were to allocate 100% of your energy across the four connection types that I've just mentioned, 
where are you putting all your energy now? And where are you hoping to put it in retirement? Well, necessarily, people see a major shift required. Often, they kind of say, wow, 80% of my relationships have been work-related. But now I want to spend more quality time with family and friends and maybe with my new my new uh, big C or big uh, a small C contribution. So the first is where do you plan to allocate your energy? Then to broaden your social network. Broadening your social network is not just about the number of people you connect, but it's about recognizing the importance of the key players in your life and the impact they have on your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. Why are these people important? And then there's the consideration of noticing that some connections may generate positive energy and there may be connections that drain your energy. So you can see there easily the link with the emotional resilience talked about by Mary. It's all about energy. Where are you allocating your energy? How important are these people? And which one are more positive? So it really brings us then to the quality of those relationships. And there's so many bodies of research that attest to the importance of quality relationships for well-being and happiness uh, later in life. And we often refer to a very uh, broadly quoted research from Harvard, the Harvard Study of Adult Development, which was popularized by Robert Waldinger's TED Talk, What Makes a Good Life? And his research confirms that the happiest people in retirement were those that actively and purposely replaced workmates with new playmates. It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our five-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com. Use the number or spell it out. You'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening. And now for the rest of the show. You know, you have social relationships there at work. And if the, the thing that brought you together has been severed, well, let's go kind of find something else that'll bring you together. And I, you mentioned this idea of loneliness, the risk of social isolation. Tell me if you've seen this yourself too, where I, I see it where you enter retirement, you're 60, 65, and you're, you're likely married then. You likely have young grandkids that you're going to their activities and things. And then you get 15 years, 20 years older, and perhaps your own kids have moved away. Perhaps a spouse has died. You know, the, the grandkids don't seem to have as many activities when they're 22. There's no school plays when you're 22 compared to when you're, when you're seven. And so many people are in their house basically alone. And that can just, that can just be a, a huge health and emotional and spiritual hazard. And then I've seen the people that go to some sort of independent living, senior living. Uh, it's it's kind of like a lot of mindset as well. I, I need to stay in my home and I will only move if I have to because of some health reason. But the people I see that are the happiest that are that, that age range, let's call it like 70 to 85-ish, are the ones that find a different living arrangement before health forces that in. And I'm thinking of one lady in particular, she was widowed 
And she maybe took a year or two to where she realized it was time to have some extra social connections. She moved to a senior living facility. You know, it's completely independent living. It's just an apartment where everyone else is over 55. They have so they have a social activities director. Like, how can you not make new friends, not make new playmates in that uh, with that that term in that situation? She's loving it. Yeah, exactly. Well, let me, you're bringing up an important point is that every person is different and it all depends on the reality of your life relationships, right? As you mentioned, there may be some people who are living alone. There may be uh, people who have a family. They have, you know, an extended family. Uh, They may have children still living at home. Then you have some people who have lots of friends. Others don't have friends. So every situation is different. And um, what I'd like to sort of just kind of maybe start by clarifying what loneliness and social isolation, what that means and what it represents. And then we can go back if you'd like in terms of the different uh, work family relationship issues. So feeling lonely goes beyond simply being by oneself or having a solitary life. So there's deeper symptoms of people suffering from loneliness. Boredom to the point of apathy, they just don't care. Feeling hopeless in face of difficulties, they just feel they can't do. They may tend to avoid others, stay away, or they're basically dissatisfied with their lives, just not happy. So the example you gave of this lady that is living alone, but she moved into a residence which is providing her a broader social network. In her case, even though she's living, you know, a solid, she's living alone and has a solitary life, she's managed to get beyond that, right? So she's not suffering those deeper symptoms of loneliness. And it's recognizing that every person kind of has to identify what's their predisposition of feeling deeper symptoms of loneliness. And what we do is we help them address those and put a plan together to minimize their risks. It's so important to um, deal with loneliness if the person is has those deeper symptoms that I mentioned to you, um, because there's many studies that correlate lo- loneliness to quality of life and longevity. Um, actually, uh, Louise Ockley at University of Chicago, she demonstrates that chronic loneliness occurs when the social circle and the emotional, mental, and financial resources are not there. So again, a good reason for financial planners and lifestyle coaches to be enablers to help people identify what are the risks of loneliness and how to address them. Then the other is social isolation. Okay, and social isolation, it occurs when your need for connection is not met and you lack meaningful relationships. So every person has a different level of need. Actually, we often see a correlation with extroverted people tend to need a lot of connections to go and get energy through others, whereas more introverted people may feel very comfortable in their solitary life. They don't feel lonely and they just go and get the relationships that they need. But what we found in our in our um, our practice to date, there's four factors that heighten the risk of social isolation, and that's the difficulty in defining who you are, the risk of getting stuck in that identity crisis talked about earlier, 
health issues, often people feel, I can't get out, I can't, you know, and will not go and reach out. So through movement, through encouraging people to, to, um, to connect, and it may be connecting virtually. And nowadays, there's so many opportunities to create a network so, uh, through virtual tools. Negative thinking style. They may become very self-observed and grumpier about life in general. We often find people uh, in some of the resonances, which are not like the example you shared, but often there's some people that are, have really become very, very grumpy and are just negative about all of their life. And then limited leisure activities. Some people hesitate to join leisure groups and which is a recipe for social isolation. So our first step is identify your predisposition to loneliness and your personal social isolation risks, and then choosing actions that are right for you, just as that lady that you mentioned. She took action and she's broadened her social network. In her case, it would be to sort of see also if um, the connection she has brings her those positive energy required. Yes, I, I appreciate that. I can see how it's all getting connected where having this extra connections with people may have more, give you some more resilience. Having a positive and growth mindset may give you some more ability to create those connections. And the fourth one is your purpose and redefining your life purpose to create more meaning in life. I imagine if you do have uh, an extra more purpose than kind of in general, you can find the people that you bring in connections. Your well-being will be even greater. I'm thinking of a few individuals right now, but one in particular, he inherited a bit of money from not, you know, not crazy amounts, but he inherited some money from his parents. And he said, I try to get dad to give away his money because we didn't need it. And he, he didn't listen. So now his like retirement purpose is giving away this this money that he's inherited from his his parents. Uh, he's also doing some great jobs of, of mentoring some people that are younger and perhaps didn't make the the types of positive life choices that he had uh, the ability to make uh, going through. So he's got a, a purpose and he's living it out. And his you know his wife is right along with him. They they both are are on board with his purpose. And I imagine he might have sat down and thought through his purpose in retirement, his purpose in life. And you talk about that, create your life purpose statement. What would, what would that look like for people? Yeah, well, first of all, congratulations to that gentleman that you mentioned. Evidently, he identified his value of, of family, his desire to want to help and support others through his mentoring, etc. So that gave him a raison d'etre, right? Um, and he's created his new me and his purpose. What we find is that um, defining purpose requires a lot of introspection. It's all about curiosity about knowing self and curiosity about the impact you have or you want to have on others. But a lot of people are not comfortable in doing, in doing this because most people were driven by external factors throughout their whole life, uh, at work, through business strategies and plans, at home, decisions about you know having a family, choosing studies, etc. What happens in retirement is what gets you out of bed in the morning will change from those work and family responsibilities to your personal life statement. So uh, in response to your question, how do you go about it? So we've developed a step-by-step -step process to help people because of the fact 
that it's not uh, natural for people to do this introspection, okay? So the first step is to confirm your core values, your main principles in life. What will influence your attitudes, decisions, and behaviors moving forward? We use the analogy of building a house. So you need to have a solid foundation, first of all, to create that home you desire. So it's the same at retirement. I'll share with you another example, you know, a, 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 a client that was looking at retirement and he had a very strong value for family. And he wanted to renew his relationship with his son. And his son was a long haul truck driver and he was looking for a partner. Well, lo and behold, his father said, hey, I can take this on. This is a big C I would like to have, a big contribution. And at the same time, he was renewing his relationship with his son. Can you imagine all of the chats they had as they were driving? Uh, uh, right? Uh, so yeah. that's the kind of thing is what are my values and how can I put those values in action? The second step is pursuing your passions. Well, often passions have been put aside during one's career because and, and all of the life priorities, if you had a family or whatever you lived throughout your life until retirement, you've put aside your passions. Well, now's the time to be curious and kind of kind of say, hey, what are the things that I care the most about and that energizes me? We often, we encourage people to think about their, um, their younger life, you know, uh, as a teenager. What did they love? You know, so someone may say, well, I loved playing guitar. Well, there's nothing that stops you now to maybe have some courses guitar. And nowadays, again, you can do this virtually or in person. So it's all about looking for those, what we call flow state activities. The state of being so absorbed and doing something that you lose track of time and your enjoyment suspends all negative emotions, okay? So the more you can kind of resurface those passions and integrate that in your retirement life. I'll give you another example of a client that had a passion for mountain climbing. And uh, he was relocating with his, her, his wife in another city, didn't know anybody there, and thought, okay, what can I do? So he called the local youth centers and offered his mountain climbing coaching services for youth. So he was giving back to community and he was still nurturing his passion. He may not have been as active in doing the mountain climbing, but he was coaching people around it. Okay, so that's an example. The third is applying your character strengths. And this is really your gifts, your DNA. This is very different from skills and competencies that we've been you know, used to, to uh, nourish and develop when we were in our career. This is all about who are you and things that you naturally apply in situations. They generate positive energy, they influence how you think, feel and behave, make you just feel good and actually the research um, of uh, Martin Seligman, uh, the founder of positive psychology out of University of Pennsylvania, shows that awareness and active use of your character strengths increase the likelihood of thriving in life by a factor of nine. Can you imagine the value of identifying your character strengths? You know, I'll give my example. My two character strengths are, are love of beauty 
and uh, generosity. And here I am located in a beautiful nature space. I love beauty, nature, and uh, my generosity in continuing as a retiree to contribute to uh, future retirees. There you are. So the key is looking at those three things, okay? Your values, your passions, and your character strengths. And then you can write your life purpose statement. It enables people to discover what they want to focus on. So coming back to your gentleman, he may not have gone through such a structured approach, but he evidently thought about these things. And um, uh, our clients find this as an enabler because they're not comfortable in doing that. It requires a lot of introspection, but it provides so much value added. Well, that's right. It's, ama it's amazing where a lot of people think all they have to do to retire is get a million bucks. And then that maybe happens and they're, they're looking at retirement saying, what do I do next? And clearly you've, you've gone through, you've thought it through, you're living a bit of it yourselves, being retired and still contributing in, in various ways with a book and your coaching and things like that. If somebody is looking to figure out how do I rethink retirement? How do I make these choices that aren't necessarily, how do I get to a million dollars? How would they reach out to you? How would they learn more? Well, well, I, I guess, guess there's a few steps. things. They, um, I'll let Mary do, do that. Okay, go, Mary. I was going to say the first step is is uh, go on to Amazon and buy the book, Rethinking Retirement, because uh, we've got all sorts of anecdotes. We've got a little bit of theory. And what people have told us is it just gives them a real um, good idea about this life transition called retirement. So buy the book, contact us. We've got uh, we've got a practice that we do virtually, so it doesn't matter where you are in the world. So our our website it's in French. Excuse us, but it's coaching retreat. Uh, <laughs> so. Find yourself a, a retirement coach. You know, good retirement coaches are not going to give you answers, Jeremy. They're going to ask you good questions. And those questions are going to help you decide, you discover what's best for you. So that's why our book is A Guide for Making Choices. We say the right choices for you. You've got it. And speaking of buying the book, the first three people who send me an email, I'm going to make sure they get a book from us. So we'll have that in our office. Send me an email, jeremy at kylefp.com. I'm going to make sure that we'll send you a book so you can make use of that and start rethinking retirement yourself. We'll, of course, have links to the book uh, through Amazon so people can buy it directly that way. And uh, yes, you're the name of your website is in French, coachingretreat.ca, which is coaching R-E-T-R-A-I-T-E dot C-A. But I'm looking at it right now. It's all in English. So none of us have to uh, remember our French classes from 25 years ago when we're, we're looking at this like I might. It's all in English there. Just a, a great uh, French spelling for the website. But we'll have a link to that as well. Yes, and if there are some Wonderful. people who are listening, the book is available in French. And uh, we've designed it to be very practical, self-help, with 20 reflection exercises. So available in both English and French. That's great. And I love how you mentioned that you've got the reflection exercises. It's not about telling you what to do, but it's just prompting, here are the things you ought to be thinking through. And after you've gone through some, or perhaps all 20 of those reflection exercises, you'll be a lot better off as you're making those different different choices. Good. Well, thank you, Mary. Thank you, Jeanette. Thanks for coming on. We very much appreciate having you on the show.
Thanks it was a for pleasure. having us, Jeremy. Yeah, you got it. And thank you to everyone for listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed Podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.